Hey, Talking Stations fans, this is Matterall. Just wanted to let you know that we are finally catching up with June. Sorry about the delays. These have been really way, way, way too long in coming. So we did miss a couple of shows in June, but uh, we're super happy to be back on track. We'll be bringing you content from EVE Online as quickly as possible. Get you fresh shows with fresh information. Thanks again for listening. And if you want to support Talking Stations, go to patreon.com slash matterall m-a-t-t-e-r-a-l-l thank you good evening and welcome to talking of stations for monday july 5th this is a talk show about our favorite space mmo eve online today we're going to cover a little bit of news we've got some things to talk about there's actually been lots of news we're going to cover a little bit of it and then the big topic today one year anniversary of the war yay war what's it good for well it's good for eve that's for sure topic today one year anniversary and so we're going to do that and then we'll have a few items to give a little preview of some things that we're going to talk about tomorrow uh, so, so we're going to uh, really we'll kind of jump in here. Um, there's a new uh, short little dev blog uh, about so the Hunter's Boon. And uh, we're going to take a little peek at that, hopefully. Uh, so Hunter's Boon is really what they're calling a community-inspired update. Um, so we, uh, you know, going to hopefully get some of those things coming. I think some of it is already, right, the uh, the... Covert Sino beacons are coming, uh, buffs to the past fire enforcement, meaning dropped, meaning we've already kind of got a little preview of some of this stuff coming. Um, there's going to be some bonuses to reduce the nullifier penalties for interceptors, uh, hardened cloak booster extensions, and then, of course, the Tech 3 cruiser skill loss removals. Uh, a lot of this is obviously community-driven, which is nice to hear that they're doing that. And uh, the uh, the Hunter's Boon, or at least the little dev note, is asking people to come out onto the Singularity test server to test some of these things and provide further feedback. Uh, so I should have actually introduced uh, who else I'm here with tonight. Uh, I got Abby Rova. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And uh, Shen's here as well. Hello, hello. Yeah, and uh, Matterall's in the background banging his head against a Mac, apparently. So we'll just leave him, let, let him do that. He's doing construction. I don't know. It seems like an odd way to do construction, but. Uh, do you guys have any uh, thoughts about this uh, Hunter's Boon, these changes? So it didn't really mention the Marauder change or the Bastion module change uh, that we got from uh, last Friday's uh, uh, forum uh, response from, I think, CCP Dopamine. Right. Uh, so the interesting thing, maybe it's just too late uh, for them to put it on for this dev block. But as far as we know right now, it's coming. Uh, so all the Marauder change, all the Bastion module changes that are mentioned on the forum, they're coming. Uh, just not on the, this dev block yet. Right. I'm a big, the, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tech Tree Cruiser skill point loss removal. Uh, you know, it's a very old, outdated mechanic. And, you know, it's not a big loss, four or five days, but, you know, it absolutely helps uh, give some love back to the Tech Tree Cruiser, which has been nerfed now. And I also like the drug to uh, increase the cloak uh, duration extension. So this new booster that will allow you to increase your um, maximum cloak stability time. I think it's uh, 45 minutes, if I remember correctly. Um, Which is enough to wait out a maximum red timer so you can jump in your capital ship again. 
Yeah, I think I think the intended. We, you know, earlier uh, last week we had some guests on, of course, and they were they were not so uh, thrilled about the cloak booster extension. But I think in in true Eve style, there's going to be people who are going to find a way to make it work for them. And so uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see how it'll play out. It's one of those changes where you just kind of don't know how it'll be used. Uh, obviously, it's going to be used with cloaking, but in what method or what style of hunting uh, will really or who will really use it? Uh, these guys are all talking about, you know, super cap pot dropping and, and hunting and stuff. So maybe not so not so good for them. But yeah, I should should see an interesting uh, gameplay change, I would hope, with this. Um, and I'm also totally on board with the Tech 3 Cruiser skill loss removal. That uh, I think will boost, we'll, we'll probably see a lot more Tangus and Lokis and Proteuses and stuff out in space now. At least I'm going to probably fly mine a little bit more often because that's honestly the, it wasn't so much the ship cost that I, I just hated the training loss, uh, skill loss. That's what bugged me most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely was a kicker interrupting your, whatever you had planned out. Cause I mean, you might even have a remap going and it might be like on the wrong uh, character traits. And so it could take maybe five or six days even. Yep. 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 Could really have a, yeah, it just could be a just a double kick in the gut, right? If you lose it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, all the skill points too. So, yep. Um, yeah, another very quick thing is the uh, Liberation Day event that's coming up. Um, this will be the Mimnitar, uh, I believe the Mimnitar uh, Empire Faction event. There's going to be some uh, new boosters dropping for it. This is kind of a bad, uh, it's kind of blurry, this image, but essentially we'll be getting uh, boosters which will give us bonuses to things like Web of Fire range, Target Painter, Strengths, uh, Projectile Weapon range and Fall Off, basically anything uh, related to your your Mimitar faction. And two hours, right? That's the, so uh, that's base two hours. You have... Uh biology to five that becomes four hours and if you take it well you have uh well this might be a booster that you have to take while you're in the right clone so if you have the clone if you have the the booster um enhance another 10 percent on that so what four hours becomes uh, i can't do the math probably four hours you know 40 minutes or something like that right yeah, yeah probably yeah, something like that six percent bonus to all of those uh, so web target painter and uh, the target painter range and target painter strength uh, and this base two hours and six percent bonus to those. Yeah, at the strongest level, there is um four percent bonuses and yeah, just kind four, of different levels. Yeah, four hours, twenty four minutes actually. Ten percent is of two hundred forty minutes. Uh, yeah, I look forward to that, and I believe there will be the uh, Rifter PvP event around that time as well in celebration of the Mimitar. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, any idea, any guesses, I guess? I guess it would be more guesses. Is it expected that these boosters will just be active for the Mimitar event, which is, what, probably seven days long, I would guess? That would be my guess, seven days. But Well, it says events. here uh, the expiry is August the 14th, so I often find ah. that these... I mean, if we remember the boosters for the Galente Federation, the, the event expired maybe on the, on the 12th of the month, but the boosters ran until the end of the month. Yeah. So they kind of tend to work a bit afterwards, and that was handy because they were like warp speed bonus and stuff that was handy for hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that last line. So good eyes there. Sorry on that. But yeah, so August fifth, right? So month of July and a little bit longer, and you'll get to be able to use these boosters. And um, yeah, they're. I like them. I like looking at them. I thought that's ah, pretty neat little mix. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan of 
giving things like this away with the events or daily log and rewards instead of you know a, a rifter blueprint with two runs yeah this stuff is exactly. way cooler yeah yeah totally yeah or yet uh, for me i mean yay more fireworks like pff, I mean, if i get another firework launcher i don't know what to do with them right so but uh, you know i guess if you're a new player yay but i'm not a big fan of the fireworks that's me personally but I'd much rather have these things, boosters and, and things that I can use. Um, so yeah, and so uh, the next one, yeah, I think I'll just go for it. Is uh, frat reset uh, vindictive? So vindictive is kind of like a small lines instead of uh, legacy. And right now they're moving, uh, they're living in Paragon Soul and Faith of Alice. And basically, uh, Noros is resetting them as mute. Uh, yeah. So what do you think this means for them? For vindictive, no, not like, uh, not, not big of change to be honest. It's more like uh, when frat roam around esoteric roam around our space, they have more targets to kill instead of only LM, they have one more alliance to kill. Okay, okay, so it's more for just content, it's probably not a the, the beginning of another takeover or something. Uh, not right now, um, but like, I mean, they, they, they have. Uh, snuck to worry about, and they have delve to worry about, so they don't. Uh, fraternity doesn't have that much attention to put into SO and uh, Paragon So It's more like daily, like content stuff like that. And very quick, what's this about Noros out of quarantine? Yeah, so right now Noros, so Noros was in quarantine. He's on vacation, so he's traveling to another country. He is uh, out of quarantine as of right now. So, and there will be a fleet tomorrow at about twelve hundred Eve time. And they're com- they're coming to esoteric. Wouldn't he have had more time in quarantine because he's like just sitting there? Or like quarantine automatically means you don't get internet either or something. What, what was the? I don't get that. Okay, to me, it's a non sequitur. From the news that we heard, is he brought a Mac Air with him? And oh, and he had the same run. problems Matterall's having, right? <laughs> Couldn't run it. And Got that's it. a rumor that I heard, but who knows? Fair enough. All right. Well, you know, it wasn't. I just to me it didn't make sense, but it was like. He gets out of quarantine and can fix his computing situation, then, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so basically people in the north, in Venno and maybe Volta, uh, they can expect, uh, I would say, a lot more activities, a lot more content uh, around their area. All right, okay, so uh, heads up, there's your warning. Good, good. All right, well, let's get to the war talk because there's a lot. And it's a year's worth, right? So uh, we'll leave the other topics for tomorrow since uh, I think uh, Rich Richmond wants to talk about some of the things that we have uh, on our on our little talking board here. Uh, but we'll cover those tomorrow um, and we'll give Rich something to talk about. Because, you know, Rich tries to just, you know, be cute and uh, relative. And uh, so we need to kind of help him with both those things. Uh, so he's not here for the war talk, but we'll leave him some topics. So let's talk July 5th last year, right? Uh, a little bit before that, about a week, week and a half, it was announced that the the uh, NIP was going to be dropped. And it happens this time last year. So who was around, uh, or at least watching from afar? Abby, were you or Shan? Were I you was. Playing? Yeah, I was Just watching. kind of like hearing afar. about this, right? So like, oh shit, what does this mean moment, right? So there was, um, yeah, you're right. About two weeks before this date, uh, Vili and our quote unquote Vili or test, I guess, uh, announced that they'd be ending the nip with Imperium. 
And not that long afterwards, uh, both of them were on a show on Talking in Stations. And it's a fantastic episode to, to go back and watch because it's great to hear them both talking at the very beginning of the war and their ambitions and, uh, you know, did, did Imperium, you know, quote unquote, were they breaking the nip before or were Tess kind of breaking the nip before with some of their fleets and Rome's? Stuff right. about people sitting on a Titan. Um, so it's nice to go back and like hear some of that kind of build up to it. Um, but yeah, so then, then they had kind of two weeks of friendly aggression, I guess. I mean, they both knew the war was coming, so everyone went into war mode. Yeah, it kind of almost started right away, right? A little, uh, well, who cares? We'll just uh, kind of start punching at each other a little bit. Yeah, and if I remember, uh, if I remember exactly as well, there was... Uh, a bit of an argument around who exactly threw the first punch because of time zones and the exact day it fell on, right? So I think even a few, I, I don't I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but I think there was a bit of a who shot first in the war. Yeah. Bah, the war is going to be more about who shoots last, but that's okay. Yeah. So we have some notes here. We have a couple, uh, we have a, we have a little more detailed timeline, but you know, the, we asked a few people, um, you know, here on our, our uh, little kind of notepad, different people kind of threw some of the highlights for them. That's what's on screen right now. Let's just quickly kind of go through some of the highlights. Now I'd leave that up. Uh, not the, not the, the time-based one, those little highlight items. And yeah. um, so, cause for me, those are kind of the highlights as well. Right. And for other people, right. So what we saw kind of within the first, let's say first uh, six months, right. Um, Lots of move ops. Keep stars were kind of like a big element of this, right? Fountain just went kaboom, super fast, right? The bombing runs in Y20, super, super important and super successful, right? Uh, you know, the different uh, Titan point of view streams, the bubble star, and then you get into, as you get closer to the uh, end of the year, middle midway of the war here, you start seeing some massive battles in uh, November and December. And, uh, you know, enormous people. And, of course, obviously the M2 with the, the whoops, the server didn't quite pass the test problem and all those sorts of elements, uh, you know. And then kind of this, for me, I, it was in system helping uh, – the, the T5Z Keepstar was just wasn't even contested, which I thought was interesting. Um, also, another element here is, uh, you know, um, from on the Imperium side, I mean, those guys have continued to bring the fight and keep fighting. Their attitude is stellar, uh, you know, total props to both sides. I, for, for, for clarity, I am on the legacy side, but... Total props to Imperium on both sides for just continuing, right? Uh, lesser men, lesser pilots would have said, fuck this a long time ago, to be blunt. Um, so I'm going to just say it right then and there. You know, both sides are doing a great job and uh, having a lot of fun, I think, for those people who are interested in it and enjoying it. And uh, we'll see where it all ends up. Yeah, all right, those are those, those yeah. kind of my highlights. So let's, uh, yeah, you guys jump in here. Well, I, I think it. From like some of the Imperium uh, side, some I, I'm not on the Imperium, but just from some of their successes. I mean, the Hell Camp after M2. I mean, that went on four months. They kept that thing up, downtime to downtime, four months. It was like what an effort. Uh, more recent successes, just the absolute hilarious bombing runs. 
and 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 fleets, whole fleets being wiped off gates from just amazing bombing runs. And I, I think really you you did make make a great point. And I think any other alliance by now would have folded a long, long time ago. There is the reason this war has gone on for twelve months is because there is so much destruction that needs to happen. There is so much fighting that needs to happen. There is so much structures that need to be taken down, titans blown up, because it is a testament to what the Imperium have managed to build up in their time in Delve, right? I mean, how many Keepsters was there at the start of the war? 50-something? 50-something, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... I mean, God, it, exactly. I mean, it, part of it takes so long sh- because just the sheer size and sheer infrastructure of what they had built. And it just takes time to work through all that anyways. Uh, total testament to what they had built. Total testament to how they've defended it at various uh, various times. And even a little bit of their strategy uh, in, in some ways. Uh, good and bad on both sides. There's, you know, you can throw stones at any glass house. And there's certainly glass houses on both sides of this war. Um, and, uh, yeah, total, total, uh, total volume on of what they've built. And uh, how they've, you know, kind of withstood to this point, and uh, are still, you know, fighting hard for what they have. Still, it, we've talked about this before, though, right? It's ultimately you can take away the things, but you're, you're going to have to work really hard to break their mindset. They talk about that in their own way, but what, that's for me what it boils down to: is the Imperium as a culture, as a mindset, as a group of people. Uh, how do you destroy that? But you know. Uh, Legacy still swears to try it. So, uh, Shen, what do you think about this? And we'll get on to the actual dates here in a second. Yeah, I, I guess I will just give the uh, AOM perspective of what actually happened, since like we're not like Pentagram or uh, or Test or or Brave who are directly in the war zone in Delft or in Quirius. So when the war started in uh, in July, we were not directly involved in the first month. But right after that, in the mid of uh, August and beginning of September, uh, around that time, we were, we were asked by Test to move into Esoteria. And by then, all these soft timers are changed uh, to our time zone, so AUTZ or CNTZ. And that's our first time into Esoteria. And we helped uh, defend uh, Esoteria for Test while they do deployments to Fountain, to that blitz in Fountain, basically, went through everything. And then maybe after one month or two months, we went back, we relaxed in Ole Mist, just like we usually do. And I think a few months after that, like December, uh, November, December-ish, we went back to Esoteria again. I think that's when uh, Bastion really started to invade uh, Esoteria and Paragon, invade Esoteria mainly, and some Thithobalis as well. So that's when, um, uh, that's when Imperium and part of this is RC really started to work on legacy's uh, backfield, right? So instead of uh, working hard on the war front, they're deploying uh, into our, to our backfield, to our uh, home area, homeland area. Uh, like, so we can we saw the takeover of Impasse, right? Impasse was mainly uh, a, a legacy-owned uh, region before the war, but right now what we see is the Imperium owns the entire Impasse. So things like that happened, and a lot of uh, legacy alliances moved uh, from uh, the from, from east side of the map uh, all the way to, to 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 the west. So things like that. And we come on to the last part, which is uh, what we did right now, which is 
uh, we are fully moved in, into Esoteria, uh, that we're, we have full commitments and we're fully pushing back uh, Bastion and their friends uh, back into Sting. So that's, I would just say, the one perspective of what happened during the war. So we did, we were involved in, let's say, M2 or stuff, battle like that in Delphi in 1DQ. But this is what I think live as a small alliance, as a member of a small alliance in Papi looks like. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yep. So, um, let's kind of walk through the timeline. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm just going to give a caveat on this. This is just based on the titles roughly the titles of videos that we have covered over the war over the past 12 months and the date is roughly when the date went live it the date the actual event happened might be off by kind of a day or something um but this is just a talk through of the last 12 months and there's also some not war related things in here that i just thought i'd like to put in as kind of markers in time uh so we can remember also some of the changes that have happened over the last 12 months to kind of refresh our memory yeah, I, w- I like that. Oh, man, that really was that far back. And then you realize, holy shit, the war really has been going through all these other events, right? Right, exactly. So as we said, so the 21st of June, uh, 2020, Vili announced the withdrawal of the NIP. So Test and Imperium, that's that NIP, the Non-Invasion Pact. So uh, a NAP, NAP is kind of a non-aggression pact, and then a NIP is in invasion. And that basically means we'll fight you, and we'll have daily punch-ups, but we're not going to invade your space. So when they would announce this withdrawal, obviously that means they're coming to take their space, right? So wars are coming. So, so here we get are. a couple. You get a couple weeks, build up your, uh, you know, build up your defenses or or your fleets or plan plan whatever if you haven't already been planning it, right? So the war begins this time a year ago, and multiple kind of. Uh, fronts and battles and and the push starts right into fountain like right away and it doesn't take long really just a couple weeks and fountain really starts melting it went really fast Uh, it looked really good from you know i was just joining the war i was fighting just fighting in fountain myself personally and i thought well this is Hmm, this was kind of going pretty good. Uh, and if someone had told me back then, hey, you're still going to be fighting this in a year, I would have said, oh, I don't know about that. But, um, you know, we know what we know now, right? So, anyways, it was a whole lot of fun. For me, it's all about content, to be brutally honest. I, the war could go on for five more years. As far as I'm concerned, I like the content. Uh, that's what I. That's what I really like. Yeah, so, I think that's uh, sorry. I just think that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, kind of for the first week there, there was a lot of resistance, and I remember a lot of the kind of memes and propaganda was like Fortress Fountain, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize how flood quickly, plane, right? Yeah, yeah, how quickly it became a floodplain by the second of August. Fountain's gone. Yeah, yeah, and Quirius is is just like flowing right out of fountain into Quirius as the, the fountain floodplain backflows into Quirius, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, just and then we moved very quickly into Aquarius. The move was, yeah, you, you know, know, very fast. You know, into look at the, history. This is like a German Germany invasion to Poland, right? It was bullets. It was fast. Yeah, it was very fast, right? Next thing, yeah, next thing we're you know in nine C G six and forty nine U and eight Q T and that uh, that catch to Aquarius run for Taco Seven to forty nine Tac. And HQ, 
HQT and that whole quadrant there, that doorstep into Delve was very important. And then just blow through Querius and then get to the back door of Delve as well were very key elements of the strategy. Um, and those things happened quite fast in July and August, right? Yep. So, um, yep. Uh, so really August 2nd, right? Uh, took a month. Fountain's gone, right? And then you have, we start to now start the keep stars. Some keep stars start falling. And uh, the there were some unanchors in, in Delve. And I kind of moved through August here. Hmm? Yeah, that's um. So we had the two keep stars destroyed and fountain bowed on anchors. His kind of structures and delve. Yep. Then we have a bit of a slog fest for Y two. Yes. And if you notice there, you see like Y two is just one of these fights where I guess Pappy kind of stalls and it just becomes a bit of a siege. There is just fighting now for the next almost month. I mean. Literally, on the 4th of September, the Keepstar finally falls. So, I mean, three weeks to a month of just constant slog. And while this constant YTAC 2 Keepstar fight is going on, there's other stuff going on. I mean, throughout this whole timeline, you know, as soon as Fountain falls, you know, people are in there mopping it up and destroying the iHubs and TCUs and going after all the random structures and Athenors on moons. So the whole time, there's a lot of this grunt work going on in the background. Absolutely. Um, and here was, I think here we mark a very important date on the 17th of uh, August near Dwarf Falls. Uh, even though right here he says not war-related, but somewhat is somewhat war-related since it was uh, Imperium, I think it was a good fleet uh, that went in and then supported the Triclavian side. And uh, so basically near Dwarf was was fallen by then, uh, so it was taken over by Triglavian. Yeah, which essentially kind of split the universe in half, right, from the, the north to the south then, and disrupted that major, what used to be a 9 or 10 jump route between Jita and Amara becomes 45 jumps. Um, August 21st, the KVN 3-6 keeps their fight. We had a major server crash there. Uh, August 25th, Pravi fell. I mean, that also happened in the last year. Crazy to think that Providence... Uh, and that Providence. went fairly quick too, to be, to be honest, right? That really... That whole Pravi thing really kind of started in June. Uh, that's where I was originally. It was just kind of little hints of it in May, but really June and July. And then, you know, the rest of August was mop-up, and it was gone. Uh, CVA bails and basically decides to move to the other side of the map and completely changes how they're going to approach the game, and Pravi's gone. Um, it's, Yeah. A lot of people just kind of forget about that, but that was a big change in the South as well. I think this is also part of war, I guess, uh, since it was basically RC versus another group. Uh, that group was supported by Legacy, and at that time, I think Legacy was very involved in the war, so there's not much support in Provi to to withstand RC. And there it goes, Provi, Providence falls. Yep. Yeah, it was essentially the end of an era in Providence. So this uh, Fountain YTAC two, you know, continues to be a a kind of a you know a hot spot, obviously because it's a the entrance point into Delve from Fountain, and you know this kind of continues to 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 kind of be battled, and then it escalates and and is finally destroyed in September, uh, right at the beginning of September. And then there's a big brawl in G Magic. Uh, and then the, the Horn of Gundor 
comments come out, right? September. Yeah, this is the uh, Imperium sounding the hoon or the the horn of Gundor. The email goes out, right? Yeah, they're they're calling all their old pilots and allies to come back and help them. Maybe if you have some assets you're not using, you want to donate them to the cause. Um, and as well, just you know, a week before that, the Quantum Core patch was announced. So this is this didn't come in until January, but they announced it in September. So in September, every coalition, every alliance, anyone that owned a structure realize that they're soon going to get a very big bill coming their way when they have to buy all these cores to uh, return their structures to full function- functionality. Yeah, sorry, I walked right by that important point. So that will actually come back up during the structure grind. Uh, after uh, only one constellation left in Delft, we saw a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but still, like most, I wouldn't say most, but a lot, like just a good number of uh, to keep stars in Delft uh, that we grinded has no core in them and low powered by the time it was in uh, when we got there. Basically. Right, and so of course let's also so let's just kind of take a little pause here. I also want to make a you know obviously a reminder. Right, we're now about six at this point in in uh, at the beginning of September. Most of the world is about five six months into having to stay home, right? The world's kind of shut down at this point. So there's a big social impact. A lot of people are, you know, at home, lots of time on their hands. So Eve benefits from that. The The society of Eve benefits from a degree from that. Um, and I'm going to bring this up a little bit later because, um, you know, Eve also suffers from it at some point too. But at this point, lots of pilots, lots of fleets, big numbers, Lots of opportunity for people to get into lots of different flights uh, through September, October, November, December. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, minimize what happened in the real world in relative to all this as well. So, so the horn of Gondor goes out. This email goes out. Come back. And so people. But reason why I bring it up is because maybe if what's going on in the world isn't going on, ah, I'm just, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna ignore that email. But I don't have much else better to do. So. Okay, sure. I guess I could, you know, spend a few months doing this. I'm just sitting at home, anyways. So big prop to, you know, that was a that was a pretty good move on the Imperium side to send out that email to to say, hey, come on back, because it helped. Their numbers took a bit of a jump for sure. Um, anyways, so now we get on to 49U, right? We're moving in through September. Uh, iHubs are being flipped. Um, you get a bunch of big numbers in 49 TACU. Um, you get a bunch uh, of fights. Yeah, so just for you to understand the importance of 49TAC-EU, 49TAC-EU is the uh, door system from Catch to Quirius. And so the big war happening on Serenity side was ha- happened in 49TAC-EU-QEU. So that was uh, the deci- decisive battle in Serenity that finally led to uh, one alliance dominance that we're seeing right now in Serenity. Yep, that get that gate. Uh, note for those who have never heard this term, it's called a regional gate, where it's a, a a very long jump. You can't jump your capital ships from Catch into Quirius. You have to either go all the way around through Low Sec and come in through like the Canid area. If you want to travel through Null Sec, though, you have to eventually end up in Four Tac Zero Seven, and you have to take the gate into Forty Nine Tac U. So 
any capital ship, any freighter, anything, any any of the capital ships you want to bring in to Aquarius, you have those two paths, either through the Canid area or through that gate in catch. And that's why that 49 TAC U in Aquarius is so important and holding for TAC 07. Lots and lots of fighting on those gates and in that region, um, for sure. So Yeah, I was uh, just showing that up on screen there where that is. Where, okay, good. Yeah, so regional so, yeah. gates, very important. Uh, that was the same uh, at that fountain edge as well, too, right? That was why there was so much work there uh, happening in that YTAC 2. That's another regional gate. So you have these two these two edges um, between Delve and Fountain and then uh, Catch and Query. Very important uh, strategically. Yeah, absolutely. So this, as we can see here from this timeline, this 4-9 TAC U is going to become another one of these week-long, almost two-week-long events, right? I mean, by now they stand in uh, what, what we're essentially saying the one constellation fortress. Two week long grinding seems like nothing. All right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, All right. Yeah. So where are we at here in the? Yeah. yeah. So where are we at in the war? It's yeah. only. Yeah. It's only September, right? Yeah. It's minor change. Uh, it is not war related, but after this, we're we're really feeling the scarcity that's coming. Well, that's already here. Uh, yeah, so it was a big market shift. We saw mineral prices went up like crazy. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So five days after that, 30th of September, fat drop keeps starting near Delft. 8QT technique full in Aquarius. So I think that's the first uh, keep start that fat dropped uh, following uh, six, seven days later in F FWST. Yeah. yeah, so this is right next door to 4.9 TACU. Yeah, and right next to SVM on Delve too, right? So that's an important uh, system to, to have. You now, if you get your caps there for how, whatever way, now you have a keep star to park all your caps and you can start to, you know, use your capital umbrella, as it's called, um, and start to project your power over a fairly decent region in Quirius. Uh, including 49 TAC U and helping keep reinforcements from Delve, but uh, you know, hold up at SVM, right? So super important that that happened in AQT. Yeah, absolutely. These are just these choke points, these major choke choke points of travel. And if you can control one, you can give yourself defense as you clean up their structures and you yep. can use it as a beachhead. So that's what, um, that's what they're doing there. They're creating those beachheads at the south on these regional gates. So yep. after this, um, the 6th of October is another one of these huge events in the war, which kind of gets eclipsed, but at the time was a massive event. The FWST TAC-8. Uh, massive brawl. This is the 14-hour long fight, huge tie-dye, and yeah. it was um, stopped by downtime, right? Is that is yeah? Isn't, isn't this the one that they call the Fury at FWST? Isn't that what that? Yes. Was, yeah. Eve, yeah. Right? So it, it set some records. I think sixth of October he set some new records for Eve, and uh, Pappy loses the Keepstar, doesn't get to online it. Uh, Poof goes 150 billion. Uh, whoops. Anyways, um, but the fight was fantastic. I was there. It was a lot of fun. It was draining. I was not there for all 14 hours. There were a lot of people on both sides that were there and grounded out for 14 hours. Um, quite amazing. 
So yeah, there's a fantastic uh, battle report up on the EVE Online website. It's called Fury at FWST TAC 8 Battle Report. And it goes into a big... Because at the time, this was, again, one of these record-setting battles, right? Fantastic pictures, and they just go through the whole kind of minute-by-minute almost uh, breakdown. So here we see here, this is peak concurrent players, and the absolute maximum is just over... 8,825 unique characters in total were in FWST over the duration of the whole battle with about 6,500 P concurrent. Yeah, so FWST is in NPC uh, Delve. Uh, so there's no software, so people can drop structures freely. And what Imperium did was they put in a lot of battleships. As you can see right now uh, on the screen, they got in like... Uh, uh, 1,308 battleships. So they were using long-range ravens that could hit over like 200 kilometers to basically have enough DPS on the Keepstar to keep it paused. And they they were signaling dreads by a group of three or two to really pull up the damage. And finally, they've done uh they, they've destroyed the Keepstar and they've done this four times over. Yeah, that number of battleships was incredible. They just the ravens just never stopped coming. It was I was flying around that damn keep star and like it just raven after raven and waves of them coming in. It was uh, holy shit, where are they coming from? Right? It was incredible. Well, they were coming from a from a Fortazar off grid was where they really were coming from. So uh, yeah, uh, it was. It was an interesting and fun and draining fight. I what I actually like about this is, if you look at the number, super carriers, force auxiliaries, and carriers, very small number of losses on the capital side. This was a very cool subcapital battleship battle cruiser fight. It, the dreadnoughts were there. You know, that part was for sure important. But there was a. I enjoyed the fact that there was a lot of other subcaps in this fight. Um, and we don't really see that again for a while in the in the war. It kind of escalates to more of a, a capital ship, and that's where the records will come up here in the next couple months. Yeah, yeah this was, uh, we're, we're thinking like uh, the, the number that we can put up from both sides together would be like around sixty five hundred. Uh, but later on, we were proven wrong, and the fact is that the server can only hold sixty five hundred. Right. Yeah, this so, was a record setting, and in, in like people participating uh but because as ronald said it was no no big super carriers or titans the isk loss wasn't a record setting right so that was fwst i mean at the time one of the largest fights ever right in terms of people participating now next just after that uh on the 14th of october the triglavian region of poshvin uh was formed so this was when the 27 systems were taken from the empires uh, throughout high and low sec, and we formed this new triangle-shaped region of red where we can kind of shortcut across the universe if we'd like to. Um, and interesting, it's only been around since October, considering there's already been kind of so many little changes to it and not a lot happening. And now there's been a lot of activity there recently in the last two or three months, I guess, kind of maybe if things in yep. the war have stalled. We'll get to that. 
So the thing, the element, the thing I want to bring up here, a little tongue tied on this. Sorry, the thing I want to bring up is that it changes the the Silk Highway. I think uh, TIS did a couple episodes on this. The Jita to Amara route, the trade routes really get quite long, and so bringing goods to the south um, got a little bit harder, which put more pressure on jump freighter routes and hunting jump freighters and making sure that you could move through um, you know where you needed to restock for the war regardless of what side you're on and so it just if you were to you know be in the logistics group all of a sudden things changed a little bit because it made it harder and put more pressure on your jump freighter routes and you really had to decide where were you going to stage out of uh, jita and being in amar made it a little tougher those you know some minor little things but not to be discounted for those fighting the war in that side of the business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Afterwards then, um, on the 15th of October, 319 Tech Treaty, this is a, I should have double-checked my notes, this is either a Imperium Keepstar onlining, or it is a Pappy Keepstar being anchored but not onlined. So I apologize, that's an error in my notes, but that is the last uh, system in MPC Delve. Just as you um, right. cross over into Sovereign Delve. So at this time here in this lower pocket of NPC Delve, uh, two jumps down from FWST, Pappy is trying to online Keepstars uh, to stage of. Uh, on the same day, we have the Boson Trap in YZ9 TAC F6. Yep. Were, were you there for that event? Yeah, I was there uh, where they... Uh... They fired off the boson. And this was an attempt. There was another attempt at this point. We're trying to attempt to do another keep star in YZ9, right? We keep trying uh, in this case. And this is another one of those ones. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not flying super cap at this point, but listening to comms was, was interesting, right? And, and listening to how it you know, kind of went down and really at the end didn't work. And then server kind of did some weird things and yeah yeah so this was um this was an attempt by imperium and an absolutely well planned out attempt i mean the amount of effort that went into this was just it's a shame it didn't pay off for them in the end possibly because of server timing issues or something but the amount of effort that went into this event was just phenomenal right so they had multiple bookmarks all lined up all perfect they had multiple titans all logged off all ready to go and then at the the exact moment everyone logged in, they like emergency warped into their bookmark and they all fired off their their boson doomsday weapons, right? Yep. And that is an AOE effect, uh, doomsday, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So that's one of the most deadly or high damage, uh, or in terms of how many targets can hit, right? If you are surrounded by all the enemy subcapsule, you can basically one shot them. No matter if it's ADC on or ADC off, it's crazy. Yeah, so there's lots of memes, lots of uh, lots of finger pointing, lots of lots of uh, what sort of like propaganda is the right word on both sides that ensued from there. Um, yeah, I think I think Abby, you kind of set the stage right. It, you know, there was high opportunity for it to work well, but it didn't. And opinions are opinions, and everyone's got them on what it did or didn't. Uh, allow it to happen but strategy wise they planned and they worked out eh, didn't work but it wasn't for lack of trying and so yeah. props on that side high risk um, high reward high risk high reward exactly right had it paid off 
we would be talking slightly different about the, the boson trap situation, but it didn't. So, uh, so anyways, a couple days later, I finally get that uh, damn Keepstar to finally anchor and online in YZ9. I um, think there might have been a bubble or two used for that. I could be wrong. No, I think that was the that was the bubble star, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, so that's basically like five attempts within like a month and 13 days. So all yeah. uh, four Keepstars died previously were uh, they, they died in their anchoring stage so they were not fully online at all so imperium basically feeding fleets at that time into pappy and to basically suicide their battleship uh to the keepstar once uh once pappy gets one online and anchored they then take a bit of a break right so there's kind of three or four days there where everyone regroups moves to the new keepstar new staging moving assets up moving ships up right okay getting ready for the next stage and on october 23rd that's when the, the kind of raids into delve proper begin that's when right. poppy starts pushing into the the imperiums so right the tactical importance of being able to drop the keep stars if if people are not sure why we keep talking about keep stars in this context is, uh, and I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, is the capital and super capital umbrella, the ability to project your power and force into a region. And once you get into YZ9, now you can cover uh, a very large percentage. Uh, there's some shows on talking stations where Matterall's actually figured out and done the math, like 82% or you know 75%. So as the keep stars are dropping, you get you know, your percentage of force projection into Delve increases for Pappy decreases for the Imperium. At this point, they start trying to uh, really lock down, you know, the rest of Fortress Delve, Helm's Deep, stuff like that. They really start backing into their regions that they want to kind of set their lines of defense at. It's not NPC Delve at this point. It is the 1DQ and the Helm's Deep section that they talk about, which is... Um, you know, kind of that northern section of Delve uh, from RF tac K onwards, upwards. So, so I just have a, yeah, I have a map yeah. on screen there showing Perfect. a revelation with max five skills where they can jump to in Delve. And all those black systems, which is basically everything apart from those maybe 10 or 12 systems at the very bottom are right. within range. Right. So that is really important, right? That, that is a strategic element of the war and this accelerates Pappy's ability to really start taking down structures all over for either standard, you know, whatever type subcap fleets or for moving supercap or just straight, you know, dreadnought carrier fleets to do whatever, wherever is needed. So, uh, and it's just, a, it's just such a vital element of the, of the war. Um, so anyways, I don't want to, let's, let's carry on though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then just very quick, uh, red Alliance switches sides in the war. It's kind of a, bit of a small marker. Um, October 30th, the ESS changes come. So this is just something that kind of changes the meta of NullSec. These new ESSs, they're in every system. It's a dead space pocket. So they do change how you can kind of take fights or defend against fights or fly around on fleets right um yep. and then on november the start of november poppy begins working on i hopes across delve yeah that's what and why is that important so uh once you start swapping your i hopes uh if if i take over your i hope 
it gives me the start of a time um, before I can online and put down my own. What's the name of the thing? The, the Sino Jump thing. The yeah, the Sino Beacons. Sino Jammer. Or the Sino, the Sino Jammer. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I can lock out. And the Antiplex Bridge too. Right. Basically, it's, this is how you take Sov. This is how you start taking Sovereignty. So the point here is Sovereignty in Delve starts flipping over to Pappy. This is really what this means. And yeah. another important... So, so the element I was talking about, about the super cap and things escalating, really, really comes to fruition on the 12th of November when the Keepstar that is helping the Imperium hold down that 49 TACU gets destroyed. And then that highway from catch into Quirius and then into Delve, Keepstar to Keepstar, now accelerates. And the flood of super caps and caps come into Quirius and into Delve to then really start pushing through um, you know, that acceleration of structure grind. Uh, it, it's really Whether they get used or not, it's just the fact that they're there and it makes it really hard uh, for... You know, from an escalation point of view, if you have, you're trying to protect an Athena or a Rataru or something, and yeah, makes it difficult. Yeah, so um, November 13th, we have Requiem Eternal disbanded. That was a bit of a, I guess, a propaganda coup for the Imperium, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So that was one of the oldest corps or alliances? Alliances. Alliances. That was uh, disbanded, some of their backhanded trickery. Yeah, there was a little bit of yeah. They got uh, I think like the one of the the uh, was he was he the alliance leader? It, it was someone who was able to press the right buttons basically and disband the alliance. That's the way I have it in my head. Sorry. Yeah, same as the old uh, Bob thing, I guess, from back in the day. That's right. Same sort of thing happened. Um, so yeah, so they they regrouped into internal requiem, and they're uh, well, right now they're located in period bases. That's right. Yeah, so 20th November, we have the first keeps there that is dropped near 1DQ in like Delve proper. It doesn't last, but it's a it's an interesting marker in time. Mm -hmm. Here's another good one. The 30th of November, War Bonds. So this links into what happened in September with these quantum cores. Now we have more information. We have an idea of how much they will cost on their size. And at the very beginning, on the 30th of November, the Imperium announces that they will be doing war bonds. So they will be selling war bonds to their uh, pilots in their corps and alliances so that they can get the ISK needed to buy all these cores. At the uh, start, it's a bit of a joke. And I, I think Pappy capitalizes on it with memes saying that the goons are running out of money. But not by long later, uh, Pappy uh, forces will all be running war bonds to buy their cores as well. So Fort initiative, uh, yeah, so soon after initiative goes on the march. So um, this is them spreading out, attacking the, yeah, I guess, the, the soft underbelly of Pappy uh, behind the lines works. Yeah, so that's when really, like, RC, I think, also involved in this working crew. Uh, it's harassing the backfield of uh, of legacy, mainly, and uh, we saw a lot of alliances on the move, uh, moving towards the west. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and at this point, really, for the, you know, the, the Imperium's allies, right? Uh, Init, Bastion, uh, TNT, uh, Init for sure. At this point, basically, no solve left at this point, right? They're just kind of living in, uh, you know, goon space for the even we call them Imperium. 
they haven't kept too much of their <laughs> they were the shield shall we say um so yeah so let's just make a little point here right the the uh requiem eternal right there was like a rogue director and it was a money thing i remember that it wasn't an imperium guy he just got paid a whole lot to kind of blow his alliance up so i just want to make that point clear all right so uh you know we start when dq gets defended there was a little push christmas ceasefire happens and then um we're gonna take a minute here and then we will be able to pick up the pace on on the war because you know it kind of backs off a little bit but m2 tack starts out just a little backwater system basically right but something dramatic happens there is a defense of the keep star and really records all over the place and from the pappy side we got uh we got kicked we got it kicked in the nuts real good we got our shit kicked in um all sorts of things happen over the two days big fight losses uh and during downtime, we right fight right to downtime, and then there's a decision to not log in. Imperium has the upper hand where they have obviously everything in system, and they log in like right at the spot, and they basically pump six thousand people in, making it very difficult. Anyways, even if uh, Pappy wanted to, um, it, and really just kind of blocked Pappy from doing anything. Later on in the day, another big fight happens, and you have the massive Titan big massive titan fight uh, there's ghost titans there's all sorts of things going on with the server there's all sorts of shit that happens with this yeah so for the first m2 battle i think there's a battle report on the uh, note so what essentially happened was the m2 keep start was uh, armor timer and instead of putting uh, instead of waiting out for the sino jammer to be matured and so basically the system sino jam so no more reinforcement will come it'll be mm -hmm. safe uh, for Pappy to to start actually killing the Keepstar, they jumped in beforehand. And they basically had a good fight out of it, uh, but that was the first M2. Everyone was so happy about it. Everyone was so hyped. So during that uh, two or three days of the halt timer reinforcement, we saw a lot of people come back after they heard what happened during the, the armor timer. And we saw a lot of uh, Pappy uh, Titans, uh, uh, their coming from the backfield, right? We saw a lot of uh, Penfan, like a lot of Winter Coal, uh, uh, people bringing their Titan from their homeland uh, all the way to, to Delft to prepare for the uh, even bigger that we were expecting at the time, uh, the uh, the Halltimer. And uh, in Halltimer, uh, in Halltimer, uh, we were uh, kind of uh, disappointed uh, by the server crash. Uh, yeah, so it's basically oh, yeah. too many people in the system, and yeah, it was too many people in the system for the server to handle, and server basically crashed out for a lot of people, And but the server was still on, so a lot of people jumped in uh, without being able to control their titan or their supers, and that resulted in a slaughter, basically. Yeah, yeah so just, this was uh, yeah. um, another one of these events where we got a lovely blog and write-up about it from EVE online, CCP. Mm -hmm. It's called the uh, Massacre of M2. The final tally was 257 Titans destroyed. A total of over 3,500 ships destroyed. 378,000 US dollars in losses, which is like 29 trillion. Yeah, just over 29 trillion. 
So this was one of these major, I mean, we had the Fury at FW not that long before a record setting event and quickly afterwards we had M2. But uh, this was one of these events that really kind of put a break on the war for Pappy. You know, they spent the next eight to 12 weeks mm-hmm. not really doing anything. They went back to the slow, methodical approach of grinding out the, the iHubs, getting their Sinojammers online, waiting for the stuff to mature. And there was a couple of attempts throughout these eight weeks at breaking out, right? So there was, yeah. you know, they might log in one or two guys, uh, test yes. the waters. Uh, I know they had at least one or two successful attempts where they evacuated a they had, significant they had a couple. Attempt. Yeah, they had a yeah. couple. Um, so, and I, go on, yeah. Right, I was going to say, like, I was there. So <laughs> the night, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, right, the 31st, it's... I, for some reason, I keep crashing on my system. I don't know why. I literally use the only thing I'm running on my machine. I've dumbed it down, total potato mode, which for those people listening don't know what that is. You turn off the graphics. You turn off you know, everything. Basically, you just have basically the action streaming into your computer. I have fiber. Computer's pretty good. Lots of memory. I don't know why. I didn't really know that the server was hurt, hurting that much. But for some reason, I, I crashed four times. I don't die. I keep warping off. And I come back. 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30, something like that. I'm about an hour and a half away from downtime, and I'm like, screw this. Last time I crash, I'm, I'm going to bed. And I set a, uh, an alarm to get up at you know 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning to find out what's going on. I get up, and oh yeah, we're, I find out we haven't logged in. I thought I was going to say, all right, fine, what are we going to do? And there's this thing kind of set for later. I get the timer. And I come and I watch for six hours and the call never goes out. And at the end of it, I'm watching it live stream. Um, I think it's Matterall and Rain, actually. And uh, or maybe you, Abby, were, were there. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, there's Titans dying and all sorts of shit's happening. And then we call it and I realize, oh, shit, my pilot, my main pilot is stuck in space. What am I going to do? And I didn't have no idea. It was such an odd feeling. And I know I'm not the only pilot who had this feeling like, what am I going to do? How do I play this damn game now? My main character is off in space. Do I whelp a carrier? Well, I don't like doing that. I don't want to just feed a kill for no reason. So I, you know, anyways, we take time. Pappy takes time to kind of figure out what the strategy is. We lick our wounds because we got our ass kicked. Imperium hypes it up. And there's a bit of a hype. and so. Pappy has to change how they play at this point because of what's happening in M2. How many pilots are stuck like myself at 12 weeks before I get to log into my character again. I'm just lucky I had a full skill skill queue. Right. And, and I'm not the only one like this and I'm not in a super expensive anything. I'm just in a plain old carrier at this point. So I, and the reason why I'm going on about this is because it, it is not insignificant in what happens in the war. It is, totally significant this was absolutely a turning point and things could have happened either way the war went the way it went but how the game had to grind and we certainly went to more of a cap ship style and i we haven't seen yet another capital battle like that that's now we're at six months right complete no real cap battle it's all been sub caps sub cap grind and push till this point and so anyways that's why i wanted to just kind of give my own personal experience of what happened 
and kind of that personal impact of losing your pilot for 12 weeks. I was out of the game for 12 weeks. It was not fun. I think a very good point. A a number of perspective, like about 1300 Titan were involved in the first timer. Only about 270 of them got destroyed. So they're about like uh, about a thousand just people in Titan locked off in M2. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is one of those events which could have changed the whole second half of the war. I mean, had this gone a different way, had things changed around this M2 event and the hell camp that happened afterwards for two or three months, this is really a pivotal point in the war. Um, and interesting then around that time, January 12th, we got the quantum cores go live. So this now meant that any structure from now on had to have a core put in it to get functions like tethering and any old structures that didn't have a core lost those functions. Yeah. Um, So cores are going everywhere. M2 breakout attempts, you know, three weeks really after the battle, finally about three and a half weeks or was at least one breakout success out of M2. Pappy, there's a, there's a keep star destroyed and one tack SMEB in January. These are all subcap stuff. Helms deep gets breached. Um, and then maybe in brave, there's a little bit of trouble. We're into February already. And again, society, right? We're, we're now into month seven, you know, almost 10 months. It's winter for most of the Northern uh, regions in the world uh, it's kind of a little dark a little cold a little depressing uh pappy got their ass kicked the, everything's kind of dragging on and there's uh, and i bring that up because at this point some of the game just starts dragging people start quitting there's some other things happening and it's starting to impact some of the play style and play time of what's going on in the game um but yeah. the war marches on. There's still on both sides tons of participation overall, I think. Yes, for the trouble in Brave, I think that's referring to uh, Brave move from Catch to Queries at their new home. And that, I think, got their logistic head resigned. It was too much work uh, and too short of a notice. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, 15th of February, Bitagar Station, I think that's a faction uh, fort that's possessed by. Imperium and that basically during the structure grind and it was lost by then, right? Or was it, was it the one that's in uh, Mimitar space or uh, Angel space? I think so. That sounds right. So, yeah, uh, after, yeah. go ahead. Nope, carry on. Yeah, so after that is, I think on the 5th of March, I think just a few days before uh, Imperium really uh, officially announced they're going to end the M2 Hell Camp, uh, Pavi uh, has done a, a breakout attempt. Uh, so they were suiciding 400 dreads uh, to get all of their uh, all of their uh, locked off titans, supers, any capital fleet, any subcapital fleets out of the M2 hell camp. So during the three months that they're locked there, uh, they were locked down in, in M2. Uh, it was not only Pappy who were locked in M2 in that system, but also a lot of Imperium members. So they have to watch for the hell camp downtime to downtime. It was uh, it was very draining too for for both sides. So, uh, hell camp ends March, and you start uh, losing some more keep stars, bunch of keep stars. But interestingly, on eighth of March, the goon swarm name is taken. That's covered in a TIS uh, system or sorry um, show, and we have some of those people on. That's an interesting little uh, historical item. Um, but 
the the structure grind, as I was saying, really kind of accelerates in March for the keep stars. And that we go on a run, uh, Pappy, we go on a run where a number of keep stars gets destroyed, um, you know, fairly quickly and uh, start offering a version of golden ticket. I don't know if we talked a little bit about that. Imperium started a golden ticket campaign where if you're locked, when you were locked in M2, if you bought and paid this money, they'd let you out. Uh, Pappy does the same thing, which is if you're stuck in Delve, which for the most part is, you know, in the 1DQ section now, um, Pappy will allow you to get your super carrier out and, and help you get out of there. So um, that happens in March. Keep stars are down, um, and a number of keep stars are down. The number drops dramatically. Um, and uh, as we have a note here, 5th of April, demolition of Delve really speeds up. Again, it's mostly subcap grind at this point. And uh, we get to the point um, where we've kind of been for a while in 26th of April, where preparations for the siege of 1DQ start. And to be blunt, we're still here. Right, we're still here. Yeah, yeah, we're still here. I can be direct with that. No pulling punches on that one. Something to say, like uh, from uh, starting in December, I believe, all the way to I think uh, March, April, uh, uh, Gunstorm was mainly in Delft, but a lot of their um, allied alliances, like Initiative, Bastion, TNT, uh, they were out there uh, in the backfield again, uh, doing a lot of work. Uh, in the backfield, mainly let's say in impasse, right? Uh, Red Alliance and their coalition in impasse took over impasse, and I think a lot of harassments on the fire side. So fire is the Russian coalition located in Detroit and some uh, uh, some other regions around there. So yeah, and later on, uh, initiative uh, also deployed to Ethereum Reach and the Forge uh, to start working on um, Pentham, but they didn't get as much work done there as if uh, they have done in legacy space. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, once we hit MTech 2 or M2 tech, the war really slowed down and hit basically in nothing for three months as the Imperium kind of got to roam free, you know, hit the enemy behind the lines, hit, hit, hit their renters or whatever. Um, and they had a great time. And then unfortunately... There was the breakout, the hell camp ends, and then Pappy really started to speed things up again. And now, for the last three, almost four months, Pappy have hit this grind where they've hit everything except the 1DQ constellation. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, I mean, it's Asbel after Asbel after Asbel, right? They've gone, much, back, yeah. they've gone back to the strategy. This they, they had M2. They got an awful beating on the nose. They lost a significant... Uh, amount of larger ships and they don't want to do that again so like they went with their slow grinding of iHubs and putting up the sino jammers and and all this this is their this is their approach they are dropping asbel after asbel and they only have to be successful once and pappy or imperium have to be successful every time to defend their space right as For soon sure. as as soon as pappy onlines one uh, structure within 1DQ, we'll probably move on to like that next stage of the war where I imagine things will pick back up again and get a lot uh, bloodier. Yep. So, um, you know, we get to the end of April, industry changes. That wasn't that long ago. And uh, summer starts, right? Uh, and you see that the kind of the, the hot points really drop off here. April and May, 
just fighting, right? It's just content. It's small fleet stuff. It's uh, punching here and there. It's looking to try to find ways to to continue and move and wear down into the 1DQ. Imperium's pushing back. They have fleets coming out of uh, NPC delve as well. And back to, you know, world, right? Summertime, people, vaccines have been happening around the world now for the most part. And people, now a lot of people are not playing or taking limited amounts of time to play, not like they were six, eight, ten months ago when they had nothing better to do but stay inside. So that's taking a toll on both sides now for the last couple months, uh, especially in the Northern Hemisphere. Summer really is, uh, you know, right, right, in the, right in the middle of it. And people are, yeah, I got some other things to do in life. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm no different uh, like everyone else, right? And so... Uh, and it is, uh, and it is back. But there's still lots of fleets. You want to jump in a fleet? Uh, man, there's tons to choose from, on both sides. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Is like, uh, I, I always like to compare this to like real wars in history. You know, when when we read back on World War One, we might, okay, World War One was a war that lasted four years, but we might talk about the Battle of the Somme, and then the next major battle we might talk about might be like Passchendaele, which was like a year later, and in between those twelve months. Every day there was constant fighting. Every day there was structure grinding. There was people dying, ships being blown up, whatever it is. But we remember these key points in history, these focal points that could have turned the war either way or that were major strategic or tactical victories for you know one side or another, like our M2. And now, like I think where we are now with 1DQ, where it's literally just both sides grinding it out day by day, ship by ship, asbel by asbel waiting for someone to make a mistake or for someone to capitalize on a, a slip-up. Yep, absolutely. There was a great, um, sorry, just very quick here, there was a fantastic post on Reddit today uh, where somebody combined all the losses um, across like the two forces, broke it down by ships, classes, into like ship type holes, so citadels, super capitals, capitals, and then they broke it down by month going from July 2020 up until now in June 2021. Very, very cool to look at. Uh, oh. In total, just going off these numbers, you are looking at uh, last on the Imperium side and 96,000 billion last on the Pappy side, which is just staggering, staggering numbers. So we, I mean, 82, almost 83 trillion versus trillion, six, yeah. 69 trillion, right? Yep. Yeah, Incredible. we'll put that if we got that link, we'll put it in uh, in chat and uh, hopefully in the show notes as well. It's pretty neat data, I must confess. It's in the uh, podcast channel there. If someone wants to post it in chat, I can do that. Sorry, I can't talk and cut and paste. Apparently, I can only do one thing at a time. So we're kind of at the uh, here we are, uh, still doing the one DQ. Um, you know, so uh, again. For I think Abby mentioned this, you know, a lot of this information we got, uh, um, you know, kind of just looking at the TIS stuff. We uh, kind of looked around on the internet a little bit. I guess I linked the wrong thing, did I? It's both the same thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, this is just some of the key points in time from our coverage over the last 12 months. Right. Now, there's lots of history, there's lots of both sides. You know, there is information out there. Um, you know, it's a year's worth of stuff, right? And so uh, for me, I said it at the beginning, for me, this war is about content. For me, this war is 
about two sides slugging it out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on the legacy side. I'm not a fan of the Imperium. I'm not make no bones about that. But what I can do is I can give them props when they, they're showing up to fight and they're still fighting. It takes two to tango and we're still tangoing. So, you know, props to everyone who's still participating and props for doing what you're doing. Um, where it goes, I have my thoughts, but I'll leave them as my thoughts and we'll see where it goes. Um, those are my final thoughts kind of on the war. Uh, Abby or and then Shen, or you know, what do you want to kind of, where do you want to leave it for yourself today? Shen, do you want to go? You're involved. Sure. Uh, so for me, it's more like waiting for that one big fight or that several big fights that, that may or may not be happening in 1D2 or in that constellation. And really, we have a lot of things uh, right now, to be honest, a lot of places in uh, back home, basically, in Esoteria and for, for us and for a lot of Panthan people uh, in the north, in the west. And so we're settling down in our new home. Uh, we're trying to grind up all those things we have lost during the war. So it's more like a time to relax, a time to prepare for what's going to come up next. And who knows, maybe next year, this time, we're going to do like year two review of World War B2. Nobody knows how this one's going to go. Yeah, as, uh, as someone who's not involved on either side, I think it's been like really fascinating to watch this evolve over the last 12 months. You know, between the major record setting uh, events like FW or M2, to even like the smaller fights, the the harassment that goes on behind the back lines, the 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 the, the Imperium bombing runs, wiping off fleets and gates. I mean, things like that are just great moments in time. Um, and I know everyone on both sides is having fun, so I'm kind of in the side of like long may it continue. I'm happy watching it. Yeah, I'm also. I also think that it's pushed some content. You know, people, uh, you know, still want to play, and there's enough people on both sides where they're like, I need to either do something different, I need to try something different, or, you know, there's maybe enough space or some safe place. So, it's been, you know, there's lots of new stuff happening out in high sec. There's more ganking going on. I mean, there's people are finding ways to play, and I think that's kind of cool. Uh, and Eve is changing, obviously, in a year. It's changed dramatically in many ways for certain things, right? So that's that's pretty neat, too. Uh, and one of the guys uh, in uh, Riso Typho <laughs> made a really good point in chat. Um, you know, the arms dealers are the ones who are really winning the war. So there's been, a, you know, that's trillions and trillions of stuff that needs to be replaced. So someone's making some money somewhere. Right. So let's uh, let's. I'm just going to give you a little preview, and I'm going to wrap up. Thank you to uh, Shen and Abby for for your thoughts on that tomorrow, or at least over the next couple of days. The things we're going to cover will be uh, Billy's Town Hall from a few days back, defending Oracles, um, the commitment to uh, removing Imperium from Billy and and Pappy's side, and um, and then some news about um, some other areas of, you know, in Esoteria catch and past stuff like that. We'll, we'll see if that gets covered and between now and then there'll be probably some fights and some losses and some other things to, uh, to talk about. All right. So, uh, Abby, Shen, any last thoughts, uh, or I think I'm free to wrap up here. Yeah. We're just going to get ready to raid CCP right now, I think. So sounds good. All right. Well, this has been Talking in Stations. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to head over to CCP. Hold on for that. And uh, again, thanks for uh, dropping by today. Fly safe or dangerous.